Hello and welcome. Welcome to New Testament, uh, excuse me, Old Testament, episode 43. This is Wake Up to the Word, and we are so glad you're joining us here. Let's get some applause. Oh, I didn't put my applause line up. Let's uh, get my get my people here. I can go with this one. Let's do the studio audience. Let's, um, my, uh, my, here we go. There's my, <coughs> there's my guys. Good to see you. Uh, glad you're here. Studio audience, it does not exist. I have to, uh... Do my own production board, so push my own buttons and uh, throw my own toggles, uh, heave my own levers, and uh, drink my own coffee, which today, for this week, is, again, Black Rifle Coffee, veteran-owned company. Uh, this is Gunship. Gunship is the coffee, drip coffee, uh, uh, Kerrig K-Cup coffee. Uh, good blend. Gunship. Black Rifle Coffee Gunship. Good taste, good flavor. I like it. I like it. I like it a lot. So, we hope you've been listening to us. We are so excited. As I said last week, we are uh, now in being listened to in five countries. United States, Mexico, Canada, United Kingdom, and the newest country. We do not know who's listening, but Romania. They have been to our website listening and um <clears throat> we are glad you're here we hope that the lord is blessing you all as you listen and uh love to field any questions that you have you can send questions uh to my email uh uh pastor jeff at lifecoast.org or you can uh go to the, the wake up to the word uh facebook page and put your question in there either way Love to field any questions you might have. You also can do it on Spotify. You there's a, a spot for you to put questions in, and that we would you we would publish those with the Spotify as long as you use nice words and don't have a potty mouth. Um, we'll publish those. Uh, but I thank you for your comments and uh, the what we've been. Uh, people been listening and and watching and or watching. Some people just listen. And that's great, and um, we're just glad you're here. We've gone over a thousand uh, plays, people uh, listening to the podcast, gone over a thousand, almost up to 1100 now, so we're just excited, and it just keeps rising and keeps climbing. So, without any further ado, oh my goodness, what's the matter with my... There it is. Getting into the Word of God, our readings crossed over from May to June, and what does that tell us? Almost time for a new reading plan, quarterly reading plan, so we'll get that ready to go for you. But our reading this week, uh, for the 29th through the 31st of May, was uh, Numbers 13 through 18, and then for today, which is June 1st, 2023, uh, chapters 19 and 20. So, <laughs> so we're going to get into the Word of God. This is an important portion of Scripture, and uh, I'm going to take a little time here in 13 and 14 uh, 
in probably the majority of our time here in 13 and 14. Let me just do a quick overview of all the chapters, and then I'm going to come back to 13 and 14. Uh, so the spies in 13 get sent into Canaan. Um, the, the spies get sent into Canaan, and the 12 spies that go in, and they give list all the names. And then the, the spies, they're in there for 40 days, and they have a very specific assignment. I'll get into that in a second. And uh, then people rebel against uh, because of the report. Uh, Moses intercedes for the people because they just make God angry. And then God promises judgment. And uh, as we walk through that, we find out what that judgment is. I'll come back and talk about that. And then Israel is defeated in a battle. Uh, then there's some laws that are given, and this is, I'm not going to get into this as these as much, but laws given about sacrifices and about unintentional sin. There's still sacrifices for unintentional sin, um, but, uh, the forgiveness is, is, is much, uh, easier sacrifices. Uh, uh, Sabbath breaker, <clears throat> very serious, uh, gets executed and and that is, very staunch. It's the first person to break the Sabbath uh, uh, after the law is given. Tassels on garments. Um, just interesting. These are supposed to be reminders. People use the tassels. You see Jewish people have tassels on their garments. Those are reminders for them to keep the law. Korah's rebellion. I will talk about that in a minute uh, after I get through 13 and 14. Uh, Aaron's staff buds. He's the only. He's the only one. It's as a it's being chosen from God. It buds. It flowers. It has almonds. That's cool stuff. And um, and then in eighteen, the duties of the priests and the Levites. So that gets into some detail about that. So I'm going to come all the way back here now because we're going to have to break down some of this thirteen and fourteen because it actually brings us all the way back into. Uh, some of our very foundational teaching that that we need to make sure we understand going forward. Because as we get into um, uh, Deuteronomy and Joshua and we, we keep going forward and we get into more of these accounts, we need some of this foundational information or else we're not going to understand some of the whys and what is happening. So this is important stuff. So, as I said, they sent spies into the nation. They sent um, one from every tribe. Uh, so, 12 spies went into the nation. And they were there for 40 days. And here's what their assignment was. Uh, Moses sent them. This is uh, chapter 13, verse 7, starting at verse 17. I'm going to read 17 through 20. Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan and said to them, Go up into the Negeb and go into the hill country and see what the land is, and whether the people who dwell in it are strong or weak, whether they are few or many, and whether the land that they dwell in is good or bad, and whether the cities that they dwell in are camps or strongholds, and whether the land is rich or poor, and whether there are trees or there are not, be of good courage and bring some of the fruit of the land. So bring it back. Now the time, now the time was the season of the first ripe grapes. So it tells you where they're going. They're going into the hill country. It tells you what the season is, and they give them what they're supposed to be looking for. So <clears throat> they go into the land, and they come back. So here's a report starting at 25. 
At the end of the 40 days, they returned from spying out the land, and they came to Moses and Aaron and to all the congregation of the people of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. They brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land, and they told him, We came we came to the land to which you sent us. It's fl- it flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. And so they brought some of the sample of the fruit. I'm going to stop there. <clears throat> but you've heard this, this phrase, flows with milk and honey. I, I've, I've shared this before, had a friend to say, well, how do they know that saying way back then? How will they know that saying? This is where it originated. This is not a a new saying that they was written in, and so you think it's not real. This was an ancient saying that has carried itself throughout all these years that even in America, Western culture has picked this up. Land flowing with milk and honey is a expression of it's a good, uh, rich land. So <clears throat> it's a land flowing with milk and honey, and here's its fruit. They show it's good fruit. However, the people who dwell in the land are strong, and the cities are fortified and very large. And besides, we saw the descendants of the Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of Negeb. The Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the hill country, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the Jordan. We have to make note of all of these peoples that dwell in this land. And why do we why do we need to do that? Because <clears throat> these people are descendants of the Anak. And you're going to see the Anakim is 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 a word you're going to see um, moving forward. Okay? And these are descendants of Anak. And we keep moving <clears throat> into the end of the chapter here. And uh, I'm going to go to 31, verse 31. Sorry for the pauses. I'm making sure I, I get what I want. Then the men who had gone up with, with him said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we are. So they brought to the people of Israel a bad report of the land that they had spied out, saying, The land through which we have gone to spy it out is a land that that devours its inhabitants and all the people that we saw in it are of great height and there we saw the nephilim the sons of anak who came from the nephilim and and we seem to ourselves like grasshoppers and so we seem to them <clears throat> so here's the deal this is a very important link This links these descendants to Genesis 6, uh, Genesis 6, 4. The sons of God that came to the daughters of men. And it links them to the giants, the Nephilim. That's what's mentioned in in 6, 4. So this particular portion of scripture is linking these people in this land to the Nephilim, the Anakim, the sons of Anak, are also linked to the Nephilim. So anytime you see those, and in the future, you're going to see other terms, Rapha, Rapha, the, the Raphaim, and these are also linked 
to the giants, to the, the, when the sons of God came to the daughters of men. Why is this important? This is skipped over all the time. And it's so important to link this up because it also connects with these other tribes. <clears throat> so affected by this, affected by this uh, rebellion, genetic rebellion, to try to um, infiltrate and, and uh, deter God's man creation of mankind to the people of the earth, the sons of God rebelled against God, the sons of God rebelled against God, these uh, lesser Elohim, these divine beings, these higher higher angel came and tries to tried to pollute the DNA of God's creation of mankind. This impacted all of these tribes, the Amalekites, the Negeb, the Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites, and these were in the land of Canaan. Canaan is generic. It's the it's the it's the vast land of the whole place. And so <clears throat> sometimes used Canaanites for the whole who were not of Israel living in the land of Canaan. It's everyone else. All of these people, all of these people groups had a genetic were spoiled genetically because of the infiltration way back in Genesis 6, then there was the flood, then it it happened again, and we find out that they were punished, these, these rebelling uh, divine beings are punished, we see it in Jude, we see it in Second Peter, we see that punishment that they had, they're put in the abyss, but not before they rebelled multiple times, and then they were in the land, where that God had promised. So, um, let me keep reading there. No, I read that like grasshoppers. So uh, now we're getting into into fourteen, and uh, the people are rebelling against God because of this report, and that is uh, making God angry again, once again. So uh, we get to we get to this point of the text, and the Lord. Um, Caleb is the only one, Caleb and Joshua and, uh, are the only ones who, who say, we can, go, we can do this. <clears throat> Moses and Aaron fell, into, fell on their faces before all the assembly and the congregation of Israel. And Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jeph- Jephunneh, who were in, and he's not Joshua, the son of Nun, doesn't mean doesn't have any parents, it's N-U-N. And that's not a Nun, it's Nun is the name. Who were among those who had... Okay. Uh, who were among those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes, and said all the con- said to all the congregation of the people, "The land which we pass through to spy it out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, He will bring us into this land and give it to us—a land that flows with milk and honey." Only do not rebel against the Lord, and do not fear the people of this land, for they are bread for us. Bread for us, or bread for us. It's bread, I guess, like a loaf. Um, Their protection is removed from them, and the Lord is with us. 
do not fear them. Then all the congregation said to stone them. But the glory of the Lord appeared at the tent of meeting to all the people of Israel. And the Lord said to Moses, How long will this people despise me? And how long will they not believe in me? In spite of all the signs that I have done among them, I will strike them with the pestilence and disinherit them. And I will make of you a nation greater and mightier than they. So the Lord getting mad again. And and you'd think these are the people who walked through the Red Sea. These are the people who, who were spared from the 10 plagues in Egypt. These were the people who saw all of these miracles, the water come from the rock, being fed by manna in the desert. These are the people that have had these things happen to them. They've received the Ten Commandments from the mountain. What more do these people need to see? They don't believe what God can do. They believe their eyes. They see with their eyes, not with their faith. And that is hard. And I think we can all relate. That is the most difficult part of walking with God is trusting when the Spirit is telling you something. Go talk to that person. I, I'm, I'm reaching out to them. I'm working on them. I'm calling them. I'm moving in their life. Go have a conversation with that person. Pray for this person. I'm going to, do, I'm going to heal them, but I want you to pray for them. And so these steps that God wants us to be part of what he's doing. He's called us to be his people and he wants us to be engaged and involved in the process of everything that he's doing. But we don't listen to God. We don't listen to the spirit within us, or we haven't learned how to hear his voice. One of those things. So we have this group of people, two out of the 12, that say, we can do this. God's got us. We can do this. So I have an excellent article in Jeff's stack of stuff and uh i i've linked to it this is a long one it's a nine pager uh but this is very foundational and i would encourage you if you've never read anything from jeff's stack of stuff i would encourage you to go and read uh, this particular link okay you're going to have this link it says giants and clans in the conquest and this is important because this is foundational. Talks about the Anakim, the Raphaim, uh, the Amorites, and the linkage that I just told you all about. This is all from um, this, this is uh, from Doctor Heiser's page, uh, the Naked Bible. And the problem that we have in a lot of uh, with a lot of Bible teachers is they gloss over these particular chapters, particularly this thirteen and fourteen in Numbers. This is foundational because. These people have inhabited the whole land there. They're in the Canaanites, and it lists them out. The tribes, the Hittites, the what do we have? The Jebusites, the Amalekites, the Hittites, the Negeb, the Amorites, and and um, they're all uh, in the hill country. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the Jordan. So the Canaanites, like I said, is a generic term. So. They're, they're all over the land. And so you wonder, this sets the foundation when God goes in and he tells them, I need, I want you to wipe them all out. There's two terms for that, harem and karem. One of them is um, uh, displace them, drive them all out. The other one, harem, is 
Cherem, there you go, is destroy them all. This is a, 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 a just war. These people are not the people of God. They're not, they're part of the rebellion, the genetic rebellion against mankind. They're trying to create something different. You wonder why there's giants in the land. And if you don't think there's giants, if you don't think there's history of giants, just start looking around. This stuff is starting to come out. Even if you look at my link, uh, the picture where the link is for Jeff's stack of stuff on this particular page, you can see that there's uh, a picture of giants there and um, it shows the uh, the sizes uh, because the sizes run off the charts. The men is the size of trees in height all the way to like eight feet, nine feet, 10 feet. And we also start to see as we go through, we're going to see Goliath comes up against David. Still remnants of that left and his brothers. We talk, we hear about Og, who's like 10 feet tall, 12 feet tall. He's a big guy because there's still the remnant, the genetic remnant of this rebellion from the Elohim, which the sons of God came to the daughters of men and had children with them. And this continued again after the flood. And that's what Genesis 6-4 says. If you're not looking at this supernatural rebellion, if you're not seeing it in scripture, if you're not learning it here in the very Torah, in the first five books of the law, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, there's more to come. And when you get to Joshua and Chronicles and First and Second Kings and Ezra, when you see this inter interaction, these battles, these wars going on, you're going to be, why, why are they doing this? There's no reason for this. This seems like God just wants to kill people. That's not what it's about. This is God reclaiming his creation against the rebelling Elohim, the genetic rebellion we talked about in Genesis, in chapter 6, there's the, the worship rebellion and the, the nation's rebellion at, at the Tower of Babel, <clears throat> and, and the dispersion there of those Elohim, and they're driving people away from God, and they lead all of these clans. This is so important. You get to the New Testament, we just talked about the 70 getting sent out last week. Why are they getting sent out? They're going in and telling them Jesus is coming to reclaim the nations and the kingdom of God, the authority of God is at hand. It's coming to your house today. And so he's warning them. You wonder why the evil spirits, when Jesus comes up, says, what do you have to do with me, son of God? Because they thought, okay, this is my territory. Why have you crossed over out of Israel into my territory? Because Jesus was coming to retake the land, to retake the geography, to reclaim the nations. If you don't look at this supernaturally, if you don't look at the word of God supernaturally, then it's going to confuse you. You're not going to be able to find your way. You're going to wonder, why does God do these things? But when you get that foundation set correctly, three rebellions in Genesis, not just one with Adam and Eve. It was a rebellion of Adam and Eve, just to review. And if you want to go back and, and, and uh, 
Go back to Genesis, go back to the fall, go back to those those episodes, episodes two, episodes four. <clears throat> you, you, can, you can listen to all of that again. But Genesis, uh, a rebellion um, of man against God. Genesis 6, a rebellion against the other Elohim, the sons of God, uh, spiritual rebellion, genetic rebellion against God. And in Genesis uh, 11, at the Tower of Babel, uh, a rebellion of the nations, uh, a rebellion of the divine council, and <clears throat> uh, a worship rebellion as they were leading people astray. God confused the languages and dispersed those divine council members, sent them to over the nations because they didn't want to worship God anymore. They wanted to make their own religion in Babel, in Babylon. And that's why Babylon keeps going through the entire Bible. This is all foundational stuff. And if it, and the problem is it's not taught. It's not taught uh, throughout of the American culture, the American church. And people don't understand when they read these things, they get completely lost. They lose interest because they think it's just myth and fairy tale. But a lot of the things, a lot of the history that we've learned all is because of what happens here in these pages in the Torah, in the foundation of the Bible. Okay, let's go on to, let's see, what do we have for time? Okay, doing pretty good. Last part, I'm going to come skip over, like I said, I'm going to come over here to uh, <clears throat> chapter 16, Korah's Rebellion. Um, Korah doesn't like what Moses is doing and Aaron and he comes up against him with 250 chiefs of the congregation. <clears throat> and he rises up against him. And so as we get through there, Moses, uh, uh, I'm going to come all the way over. Um, I don't want to start there. I'll go at 28. Moses said, Hereby you shall know that the Lord has sent me to do all these things, and that in it, this is uh, chapter 16, verse 28, and in it has not been of my own accord. If these men die, as all men die, or if they are visited by a fate of all mankind, then the Lord has not sent me, has not sent me. But if the Lord creates something new, and the ground opens its mouth and swallows them up with all that all that belongs to them. And they go down alive into Sheol. Sheol, great word. We've talked about that before. Then you shall know that these men have despised the Lord. And as soon as he finished speaking all these words, the ground under, the, under them split apart. And the earth opened its mouth and swallowed them up with their households and all the people who belong to Korah and all their goods. So they all that day, they, so that all, so they and all that belonged to them went down alive into Sheol and the earth closed over them and they perished from the midst of the assembly. And all Israel who were around them fled at their cry for they said, lest the earth swallow us up. And fire came out from the Lord and consumed the 250 men offering the incense. <clears throat> so this rebellion against Moses, against the Lord, 
this Korah rebelled with his 250 men and more, and this, and God swallowed them up at Moses' words, just swallowed them up and just thwarted their rebellion, went down into Sheol. Sheol is that word. It can mean the ground. It can mean the grave. It can mean the underworld. In this case, it, it's both synonymous with they went right into the ground. The story explains itself right into the earth, into the belly of the earth, and they died because it says they perished. So this is also the grave. So um, death itself swallowed them up, all him and his followers. So um, it talks about those who followed him ended up with a plague, and that's at the end. What do I do with my glasses? Uh, 49 at the end of 16. Now, those who died in the plague were 14,700 besides those who died in the affair of Korah. And Aaron returned to Moses at the entrance of the tent of meeting when the plague when the plague was stopped. So we're talking nearly 15,000 people or more died because they keep rebelling against Moses and Aaron. And more importantly, they don't believe God. This is uh, Old Testament, God's harsh, uh, he gives instructions, and he tells us that uh, we know that death is separation. Uh, I've taught this before, I'll give you a quick, death means separation, uh, our life separated from our body, so our soul and spirit separated from our physical body, but death in and of itself just means separation. So if there's spiritual death, you're separated from God. If there's physical death, you're separated from life. This is a, an important example for us to go into the New Testament where grace abounds and God lets us live our life, though, though there, is, there is death in this life as well. But when we rebel against God, when we reject God, there's separation. There's spiritual separation. We are separated from a holy God. We do not get the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And, and when we're believers and we continue to sin, our relationship is hurt with God and we're separated in that communication. It doesn't mean we've lost our salvation, but there's a separation. Think of it like a, a child and parents. There's, they, they rebel against their parents and it harms the relationship. It puts something within the communication. There's separation between their relationship and it has to be mended it has to be uh it has to be restored same thing with us when we're not followers of jesus christ when we haven't surrendered our life the separation the gulf is there we, we we're not we're not uh, united with god through the power of the holy spirit through the indwelling of the holy spirit there's separation there's death between us when we are Followers of Jesus Christ, though we have eternal life, the relationship has separation. There's there's a some a, a form of death that we have, not eternal death, but a separation no less. So, I hope that makes a lot of sense to you. I've enjoyed this episode. We'll we'll uh, see you tomorrow with uh, New Testament Friday. I got uh, my office is a mess. I gotta work through to fix this up. But... You guys have a great day. Love you guys. Keep praying. Keep getting in the word. Keep looking for the opportunities to share Jesus Christ with 
those around you. Bye-bye.